This is Ready Radio, preparing you to be ready for anything. Now, here's your survival guide for Ready Radio, John Rush. All right, and uh, I am your host, John Rush. Normally, Rush to Reason, Drive Radio, Fix It Radio, but now it is Ready Radio. For those of you that maybe are just passing through, tuning in for the first time, yes, we have several different things we do here. On KLZ 560, I do, I should say. We have programming, of course, throughout each day. I've got this show plus a show that follows this particular program from 3 to 6 daily. Actually, we replay the first hour, so 3 to 7 daily. That's Rush to Reason. And on Saturday mornings, 9 o'clock, Fix It Radio, 9 to 10. We do an hour of Around the House, uh, just helping people with things that uh, need done, fix up, remodel, good investments, bad investments, real estate, all of that. We do all that on Saturday mornings from 9 to 10. Then Drive Radio, which we've done the longest. We take anything to do with a vehicle, car questions, you name it, and we take care of those things. Now, going to change things up a little bit today on Ready Radio, partially because we will not be here for Drive Radio tomorrow or next Saturday. So I thought I don't normally do this, but if you've got, especially with the winter weather we've just had, I've got some winter driving tips and some things that folks should be doing in regards to being prepared for winter, which I could tell from driving around last night and today even plowing snow that a lot aren't. So we'll get into that. On the same token, I thought I'll just open up the lines. If some of you have a car question, I don't normally do that on Ready Radio, but given the fact that we won't be here tomorrow and the next week because of the Thanksgiving holiday, we will take some calls now. So if you've got a question on anything car-related, that's normally drive radio. Yes, I get it. But here on Ready Radio, I'll take those calls as well. So if you've got a car question, anything. It could be <clears throat> related to preparedness or not. A lot of folks still have questions, I think, on you know, what's the best tire to use. I'll get into some of that even during this particular hour. But anything you need, we're here for you. That's what Ready Radio is all about. It's not just a preparedness show. In fact, it's probably everything but that. <clears throat> this is not a prepper show. This is a getting you ready for the what-ifs of life, and that could be anything from 60 inches of snow that Buffalo is getting as we speak. I think last, last I checked in Buffalo, somebody had a ruler out, and there's like 34 inches already, and it's still snowing. Uh, one of the boys, my boys, sent me a, a little video somebody had taken. There is thunder snow there right now. Middle of the night, snowing, and yet it's lightning and thundering at the same time. So... You never know where you're going to be when something happens, and we just want to make sure that you're prepared no matter what. And this show, really, Ready Radio, stemmed from a lot of what we've done on Drive Radio over the years because we've talked about the preparedness end of things for a very, very long time. We've done that on Fix It Radio as well. And, of course, Rush to Reason, we get into more of just daily events and politics and so on. But, you know, we, we, we've even been into the EMP end of things and such on that program as well. So Charlie and I both a while back just thought, you know what? Let's do just an hour each Friday. We'll dedicate it to the preparedness end of things. And in today's case, if you've got a particular question, even on the, the car end of things, feel free to give me a call and we'll answer. Because, again, we will not be live tomorrow for Drive Radio. The number, I should have said that a moment ago, 303-477-5600. You may be passing through even and have a question. If that's the case, call me. I'll answer it for you. Uh, those of you that have listened for a very long time know you can text as well. We'll answer those text questions also. 307-200-8222. 307-200-8222. Uh, 
8222. Producer Ann also just texted me and said the new versus used car question would be a good one for today as well. You know what? <clears throat> Great idea, Ann. If I get to that point, depending upon, you know, calls or lack thereof, I know there's a lot of folks out, you know, still trying to dig out and do different things with the snow and so on. And depending upon what part of town you're in, you had more snow than others. So some of you didn't have hardly any. Some of you had a lot. It just depends on where you're at. But, yeah, that, that's a great idea, Ann. If I get time, I will get into the used versus new. And for a lot of folks, that's not an easy decision. So we'll, we'll help you with that decision as well here as we get going. So 303-477-5600. A couple of you are calling in. I'll put you on hold so Charlie can get to you here momentarily, and I'll answer those questions as they come in, in the order, of course, that they come in. That's always what I do on Drive Radio. Again, 303-477-5600. And don't forget, even if you're listening to this show as a replay and you would like to text us a question, you are more than welcome to text us a question as well. 307-200-8222. So I've got some Winter driving tips. Before I get to that, though, Alan Stack, Stack Optical. I want to make sure I mention Alan. Uh, I've now finally gotten some glasses. I went in and got my my prescription updated, had an eye exam, which was a breeze. It was, a, it was actually a doctor, very thorough, and I could tell was doing things that I hadn't had done before. It was very thorough in not just getting my, prescri- my prescription correct, but just looking at everything I had going on you know, eye-wise. And had a great time, and I've got glasses ready to go that I will most likely try to pick up uh, either this weekend or Monday, and I'll give you a little update on that next week. But Alan Stack, Stack Optical, anything you need when it comes to optometry, he is my guy. George and Superior, you you are next. Go ahead, George. Hey, how you doing, sir? Um, my, my question has to do with, uh, with insurance. Uh, sure. Given that recently the, you know, the price of used vehicles has gone way, way up, I recently bought a 2002 Tacoma. They happen to be super popular in Colorado. Yes. They're worth a lot more than Kelly Blue Book says. Can you make an adjustment with your insurance? Depends on the insurance company. That's a great question, George. It really does depend on the insurance company. Uh, Paul Lewinberger, who is an advertiser of mine and who I have my insurance with, he's with American National Insurance. They will allow you to do a declared value on a particular vehicle. Now, you're going to pay a little bit more in premium, although it's not much, George. It's pretty negligible. But you can declare a value. And as long as it's under a certain amount, you don't even need an appraisal or anything like that. You can just declare, you know, if you think your Tacoma is worth, I don't know, twenty five grand, and that's what it's you know going for used on the market. But Kelly Blue Book says it's 20 You can insure it for the 25 But not every insurance company does it that way. Okay. Thanks. I, I was pretty sure. I mean, I know people can declare a value on their classic cars, but yes, you know, it's not quite. And, and you can't. You can't. No, and, and you know, I, that's, it's a great question though because you're right. Some of these SUVs, especially, or some of these used cars, used trucks, especially what you're talking about. Yeah, they're bringing a lot higher value than even what Kelly Blue Book is stating, especially in our area. And yeah, you know, you know, you don't want to have something happen and then be caught short. Now, where it gets a little dicey, George, is that's on your insurance. But if somebody else runs into you, that's where the battle begins. Right. Because they're not going to do it like your insurance company will. Right. They're going to they're going to say, well, that's what you get. That's right. They're going to nickel and dime you. And that's where if you have to, you get, you know, Kevin Flesh, who's one of our attorneys here involved, if need be. But generally speaking, with just a little bit of help, even from somebody like me, you can typically get the value up enough to where it works. Awesome. 
Well, thank you so much. You're I'll very welcome, George. Life. No, great phone call, by the way, call. and I, I appreciate that. That goes li- right along with what we're going to talk about today. Ian, Absolute Electrical Heating and Air is joining us now, one of our great sponsors. Ian, how are you today, sir? Good, John. How are you doing? I'm guessing you guys have had a busy week. Uh, very busy. Lots of snow <laughs> and cold people calling in. <laughs> I can only imagine. Okay, so, and I hate to put you on the spot, but, you know, number one call this week, I'm guessing heat-related? Yeah. Furnaces going out, boilers going out. Yeah, uh, people just need their heat because it's getting really cold out. Yeah, and you know, and I know you know you would think that all of this would have been checked, inspected, and handled by now. But and I guess that's a question for you. You know, because in a lot of cases, people have had their furnace on or they've had their boiler on and different things. But you know, when it gets colder like it is now, it just adds more stress because everything's running a lot more than it normally would. And I'm assuming that if something's going to break, that's when it does. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're running your furnace more than usual because it is cold out, it's trying to keep up, trying to keep your house warm, uh, just gives more opportunities for failures. That's that's what I figured. So, okay, so question for you, preventative maintenance-wise, and I know you guys have a great membership program that you guys include a lot of those services in, so my suggestion, of course, everybody's go to Absolute you know, become a part of your, you know, absolute membership program that you guys have. And that sort of takes care of a lot of those things. But outside of that, Ian, what are some what are some things folks that, you know, even if they're listening right now, they haven't done anything, what can they do as they get ready for? Winter's already here, let's face it, but what can they do? Well, I'd say the number one thing is for everyone to check their filter in their furnace. Because okay. not, changing your fur- not changing your filter, being very dirty, can cut off airflow and really do some damage to your equipment. So that's always the number one thing. But other than that, I give us a call and set up a maintenance so we can make sure everything's ready for when it gets even colder. And, folks, the Advantage membership, the Absolute Advantage membership, by the way, is free of charge to KLZ listeners. So, really, it's an easy phone call. All you have to do is call Absolute, and literally you guys do the rest. I don't, I don't know how else to say it, uh, Ian. That's, what it, that's how it works. You guys handle everything from that point forward. Yes, sir. Piece of cake. All right. As we head through winter months, and I know you guys always have different deals and specials, and I know air conditioning is not something most people right now are thinking about when it's 10 degrees outside. But let's face it, we don't have this weather for a really long time in Colorado. We'll start warming up. In fact, there's days even in the wintertime where some folks I have known, depending upon your situation, a nice sunny 70-some degree day might even run the air conditioning in the winter months. Is that okay to do? It is if the the temperature outside is like you said, above 70 degrees. Um, you know, some people just get pounded by sun, depending on what uh, way their house, their house is facing. So um, as long as you don't cover up your air conditioner and forget that that covers on, you know, and it's 70-plus degrees outside, I don't mind anyone running their air conditioner. Okay, okay, cool. And then, of course, you guys listening, you know, make sure you're ready for spring, and I know you don't need to do that today, but as the – Really, I guess as the calendar turns, Ian, we start getting into that end of January, early February. Get you know, get them on the calendar, get things scheduled. Before you know it, you're going to be turning it on. Absolutely. All right, talk to us about surge protection. It's one of the things we've been talking about during the week on Rush to Reason. Surge protection, this time of year, folks are plugging in all sorts of different things, Christmas lights being a big one. And I understand with LEDs, they don't quite have the load on they used to, but maybe they do. Maybe that's a misconception. Um, you know, the more things you got plugged in, the more there is going to be a potential surge. So there's always a good opportunity to get surge protection. You can get it for your whole house, so that way you don't have to worry about 
protecting each individual outlet or switch, um, and we could do that for you. Okay. And is that something that you guys put right at the main breaker? Do you put it in line? How do you do that? Yeah, it actually goes right into your main breaker panel. Okay, so you, you essentially... And I get, and and I I apologize, Ian. This is something I should be more up on, and should have actually come out and seen you guys, and actually seen the product, and so on. I mean, is it a standalone product? Does it go in the panel, aside from the panel, on top of the panel? How does it work? It goes inside of the panel. Um, some have to go outside of the panel, um, depending on the size. Uh, and essentially, it, you know, Denver is pretty infamous for having a lot of brownouts and blackouts, so. It, uh, it will help any surges from any of that from getting into the main power of your whole house. So okay. it's definitely the best form of protection you can get when it comes to electrical surges. So is it like, you know, a GFI circuit or is it a lot more intense than that? I mean, is it, is it really, you know, is it like watching and, and, you know, watching the flow, I guess I could say? It's almost like, you know, water in a pipe. Is it watching the flow going through to make sure that there's no big, huge variations? And if so, what does it do? I'm going to be honest with you, John. I'm an HVAC tech, so I don't know the inner workings of. The- and I don't either. You know, and again, you know, apologize because it's just not something I've really ever studied. It, you know, again, that's one of those things I just need to come visit you guys and look at one and see how it's done and so on because I'm. Uh, it's not something I'm super familiar with, but I'd like to be. Yeah, um, and obviously, I got a little more learning to do on it too. So. <laughs> okay, back to the HVAC side because this is the other thing too that that I don't know that most people understand that have hot water heat have boilers i should say and and you know they're using that radiant heat whether it's the old style or there's a lot of new ian in ground you know you know under the floor heat and so on and one thing that i learned from you guys which i should have known but you know because but i'm not in your world so i didn't know this and for a lot of you that are listening you may not know this as well in a lot of the older homes ian they used to run a boiler for the heat and then another hot water heater just for the hot water because the hot water doesn't have, you know, that you're taking a shower with doesn't need to be near as hot as what you're actually heating the home with. They've now changed all that into new modern boilers that have the ability to be programmed to where it can do all of that in one fell swoop, right? Yes, sir. Actually, they have what's called a combination boiler nowadays that's a high-efficiency wall-hung boiler, so it hangs on the wall. It takes a you know a lot of space, gives you a lot more space, right? Um, and it's it's a tankless water heater and a boiler in one unit. So it first of all saves a lot of energy. It is a high efficiency unit. Second of all, um, you never run out of hot water when you're taking a shower. No, you don't. I, I've got that same system, and you guys have been out and serviced it in the past. And that's when I learned that. Oh, you know that makes a lot of sense because otherwise you'd have to have two separate heaters because yeah, you don't want scalding hot water coming out of the shower, but that that water is not hot enough to actually heat your home. So it these smart boilers, folks, they understand, they know based upon what's being you know what load is being required of it as to what temperature they're going to light up at. I guess the best way for me to say it. Yeah, absolutely. They will. They know exactly what the set te- the set temperature is. And it will display it on the screen digitally. Um, it will tell you when it's getting close, and then it will stop heating, and everything works the way it should. And they're very smart. They are slick. I, I tell you, folks, if you are somebody that has an older home 
and you've got the two separate heating devices, like I just said, you've got a hot water heater and then you've got a boiler, you know, maybe sitting next to it or even in a different part of the area, you know, your mechanical room, one's heating the house, the other's heating the hot water for dishes and showers and so on. Ian, you guys could retrofit one of the later model units in very easily because the later model units that hang on the wall don't even require the same ducting in that that the old ones did. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, the old standard efficiency would essentially have to be vented out through your roof. Mm -hmm. Um, These ones we can terminate horizontally, so they don't have to be done uh, vertically. And um, it makes life a lot more easy because you can find another route to bring that venting. So, you know, not only, guys, are you going to gain a lot of space, it cleans everything up. You don't have near the piping running around that you once did. And when it's all said and done, Ian, it just, it looks, I mean, it just looks fabulous. It's so neat and orderly when it's all done. Uh, I, you know, I don't know why you'd go back to the other way. I don't either. (laughs) What's the best, and and I've got the best way to get a hold of you guys. I was going to ask that, but I have it right in front of me. 720-310-8921 for all of you listening. Or don't forget, go right to the website, ready Radio. Com. You can go there, also find them, and all the other websites. Absolute is our big sponsor. They're on every one of my websites. So if you go look me up, you're going to find Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. It's that easy. Ian, if I don't talk to you before Thanksgiving, uh, you know, you guys have a great Thanksgiving. Tell everybody they're high and really appreciate all that you guys are doing for us. All right. Thank you very much. You're very welcome, Ian. Have a great weekend. And, yeah, guys, if you need any updating at all when it comes to your electrical, heating, you name it, uh, those guys over there can take care of you. Just give them a call. Again, the number is 720-310-8921. All right. When I come back, we're going to dig into more of the winter driving, and I'll try my best to hit on Ann's topic of do you buy new versus used. But again, if you've got a question, I can table some of these for a later show. If you've got a question, lines are open, 303-477-5600. We'll be right back. Ready Radio, KLZ 560. In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local family-owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity. Their geothermal heating has proven to be a gardener's dream, even in our cold Colorado winters. They can provide a custom consultation that includes an evaluation of your site and then provide recommendations and a custom plan for all your growing needs. Call Colorado Greenhouse Builders at 720-539-9806 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's ready-radio.com. Leaves are falling, squirrels are burying their nuts, and pumpkin spice is everywhere. Winter is coming, and you need the assurance that your family has a reliable roof over their heads. Hi, this is Madison Hart. And Elizabeth Hart. Don't want to replace your roof yet? We know just the guy. Call our dad, Dave Hart, owner of Roof Savers Colorado, and he may be able to save you thousands by adding five years of life to your existing roof with a RoofMax treatment. With a dry roof and a temperature of at least 38 degrees, he can still spray the treatment. And it gets better. Because RoofMax is a 100% plant-based product, 
You can keep your family, pets, and even a squirrel safe. Our dad has helped 95% of his clients avoid a costly replacement. But if your roof needs a replacement, he can do that too. He's just that cool. Need the peace of mind that your roof will hold up through a Colorado winter? Call our dad at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. Or go to RoofSaversColorado.com and he will assess your roof to see if it qualifies for the treatment. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. Imagine what having a $0 per month electricity bill would be like in retirement. As soon as you get solar installed with Alan Davis of Solar Energy Partners, you'll start saving on your power bill. The monthly cost for solar will never increase no matter how much energy you use. Owning solar is like having a net zero power bill that eventually turns into a monthly credit when you finish the monthly payments on the solar panels. What you save can give you extra money each month to use as you see fit. Installing solar used to be cost prohibitive, but not anymore. Just consider the amount of money you shell out every month on your power bill alone. The energy provider profits on that money because it isn't being invested. Investing your payments in solar means that money will actually serve a purpose. When you finish your payments, you won't have to pay for power anymore. Call Alan Davis at Solar Energy Partners now to set up a consultation appointment. 303-378-7537. 303-378-7537 or visit klzradio.com slash sun. Have an older furnace system? Noticing high energy bills, more breakdowns? Are some rooms colder than you'd like? Upgrade to a modern high-efficiency furnace and you can reduce your heating usage by 20 to 40%. Less money spent heating your home and more money to spend doing the things that you enjoy most. Mention this ad and receive $250 off your upgrade to a high-efficiency furnace system. Call 720-442-8842 or visit driveradio.com today. That's 720-442-8842 or go to drive-radio.com for absolute electrical Heating and air. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. All right, folks, we're back. Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for listening. And if you got a question on your vehicle or even the preparedness of winter driving or you want to add some tips to what we get into here in a moment feel free to call in 303-477-5600 you may have something to share that i don't even have on my list if that's the case call us and we'll uh, share it with everybody else that's listening so here's something i learned which i should have known i didn't really i mean there's enough phobias out there where i guess i should have known that there is a phobia or a fear of winter driving in the snow 
Yes, that's a real thing. I should have known. There's a phobia for about everything. And there is one for driving in the snow. Now, not trying to be harsh here, but if you have a phobia for driving in the snow, why do you live where it snows? And or go out in it. If you're that afraid of what's going on, just avoid it. There's other ways to get around friends, family, public transportation and the like. Now, I know that's not the most convenient thing, but if you're that really, you know, if you're that afraid of driving in rough weather, then you should probably think that through. Now, I also believe that, you know, depending upon the storm, a little bit of fear is not abnormal. I think even, even those of us that have driven in snow since we can remember, at least I can. I mean, I don't, I, don't think I've, I don't think there's ever been a time I don't remember a winter where you didn't go out in the snow from the, you know, from the youngest of memories. I can remember hopping in an old station wagon or my dad's old Jeep, and we'd you know, tool around and go do whatever you needed to do. It's just what I remember. So I don't remember a time where that didn't exist. Um, on the same token, not everybody has that. I also know that there, you know, there are, are storms like, for example, what's going on in Buffalo right now. If you don't have some sort of a normal fear about being out in a storm like that, then you're you're not you're 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 a goofball. Any of us, even somebody like myself that's out, you know, pushing snow and taking care of things during those types of events, you're going to have some fear and some challenges and so on. Maybe fear is not the right word, but those are challenging times for everybody, period. A storm like we just went through here in Colorado should not be. Should not be. Even driving home last night. Now, I will say I got home last night in about 50 minutes' time, so it really wasn't a big deal getting home. I was surprised. Usually it takes me a little longer than that for the first you know, evening snowstorm of the year. We have had a couple of dry runs prior that helped, I think, so... Wasn't quite as big of a deal, but <clears throat> I didn't take as long getting home as I thought. I also, though, saw folks driving that I really had to question their ability being out in it and not trying to be a wise guy. And I have to remind myself that I've driven in snow for, as, again, going back to what I said a moment ago, for as long as I can remember, I've been in the, the snow end of things, even, even driving in the snow and learning to drive, plowing snow and so on before I've had a driver's license. Parking lots, things like that. No, not out on the open roads, but you know, doing things behind the scenes before even having a driver's license. So we had a lot of experience with that. And, and the more experience you have, the better you are at things. Period. I don't care what it is. You name it. The more you do it, the better you get. But this fear of driving in the snow, you need to really put it into perspective and find out what's that fear coming from. Is it we don't have the right equipment? Is it you don't have the right experience? Is it the people around you that give you the most fear? I mean, there's ways to dispel some of these things is my point. First things first, figuring out what is it you're actually afraid of. I mean, are you afraid of not getting home? Are you afraid of being stuck on the side of the road, stuck in a snowdrift? I mean, there's some things we're going to go through today along those lines. And, you know, those are, you know, at times legitimate fears. Although if you're properly prepared, that's what this program is all about, the more prepared you are for things, typically speaking, the less frightened you are of them. Okay? It doesn't matter what it is. The more prepared we are, the less frightened we are. We'll take talking in public. 
speaking in public, which, by the way, is the number one fear out there. Most people would rather die than speak in public. It is literally the, the number one fear most people have is speaking in public. But I will say, as somebody that has done that or does do that from time to time, and Charlie knows what I mean here, the more you do it, the more practice you have at it, and the more preparation you have in doing it, the more natural it becomes. No different than me sitting in front of this microphone every day. And for those of you listening, if you think I just sit down and talk, no, I don't. You can ask my wife, family, and so on. You know, I spend time prepping every single day before coming on air. What am I going to talk about? What guests am I going to have? How do I have things lined up? How do they flow together? And so on. So point being, the more familiarity and the more planning you have in an area, the less fear you should have. So we're going to talk about some things when it comes to your vehicle, having it prepped, having it ready to go. And what I find ironic about vehicles, by the way, just quick side note, I saw a post on Facebook last night, and not having anything to do with the snow, it was, just a, it was a post of a parking lot back in the probably early 70s, Charlie, not an SUV in sight. No, they weren't invented yet. The only SUVs we had in the early 70s were Broncos, Blazers, uh, Scouts, International Scouts, and some Jeeps. Those were kind of the SUVs of their day. And no, not everybody drove them because they weren't very comfortable and they weren't that practical. Now, they had lots of station wagons. And when you looked at this particular picture, yeah, there were a lot of station wagons. And I remember growing up as a kid, my dad would put snow tires on the back of the, you know, studded snow tires on the back of the wagon my mom drove. And we'd go all over the place. We 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 didn't have four-wheel drive. It was a rear-wheel drive station wagon with snow tires. And we went everywhere we needed to go. Storm like we just had, that would have been nothing back in the day. Now, I all realize we didn't have near the traffic and things that we have today back then, but believe me, folks, the storms were just as bad. There, there wasn't anything different on that end of it. In fact, I think our road preparation today, we're very spoiled, by the way. If we don't have all the road surfaces prepped and CDOT's not out doing their thing and the city's not out doing their thing, everybody's up in arms. They were mad earlier in the week at the kind of the... The surprise storm that came in and caught all the weathermen off guard. Everybody was up in arms about the cities and CDOT not being out doing their job soon enough. We're spoiled. When I was a kid, and I'm not trying to sound old and you know talk about back in the day, but when I was a kid and you drove a two-wheel drive car, a real, you know, two-wheel rear-wheel drive car with studded snows on it, you might throw a sandbag or two in the back, which I'm going to get into in a moment. And you just went from A to B, and nobody thought twice about it. Everybody drove the same thing. And somehow we made it from A to B on a pretty routine basis. And back then, we didn't have the chemicals that we're now putting down on the roads that we have today. They had a salt-sand mix back in the day when I was a kid here in Colorado. That's all we had. Three rocks on the, on the ground, basically. And the salt was in it just to keep the, the rocks, the pebbles, from freezing together so they would come out of the out of the hopper out of the sander but other than that that's the only thing that salt was in there for was to keep things broken up and th- and that's how we got by when i was a kid they threw sand down and again somehow you made it from a to b charlie there is no way today if we went back to taking care of the roads like we did when we were kids anybody would get from a to b the whole town would be snarled up 
And some of that is because they just, you know, folks just don't know how to drive in it and aren't properly prepared. Now, I also will admit, those older vehicles I just mentioned, yes, they weighed a lot more than our current vehicles. So I'm going to get into a few things along those lines. So let's start with some winter driving tips, number one. Number one rule, and most people follow it, not all, but most, of course, slow down. Now, I'm going to put a caveat to the slow down. Slow down to the conditions that are there, but if you're going so slow that you're now a hazard to everyone else around you, you should probably just get off the road and wait for traffic to die down or do whatever you need to do. But if you're, if you're driving way under what everybody else around you is, you should not be there. On the same token, if you're driving faster than everybody else is around you, you're driving too fast. You need to be going with the flow of traffic, providing that that speed is adequate for what the road conditions are. We've all seen those scary instances. There was one on 6th Avenue not long ago where people are driving way too fast for the conditions. They're all doing the exact same thing, and all of a sudden they hit black ice and nobody can stop, and everybody's in the same boat. So... I'm not saying just because everybody else is going too fast, you should as well. No, you've got to be doing what you need to be doing for the conditions. Now, here's one thing I don't see people doing anymore, doing much anymore. Number one, I was, always look down here to the west of us. We have a parking garage here at the station. And this time of the year, I can look down there, Charlie, and it'll be full of snow on top. And I know as a kid, one of the first things my dad did with me to teach me how to drive in the snow properly was we went out to a slick parking lot and drove around. And purposely got the car sliding so that you would know how to recover from that situation. You knew how much traction the vehicle had. You knew what was going to make it slip and not slip. Folks, I'm wondering how many people still do that, if any. How many many people that are driving around in the storm we just had have ever been in an empty parking lot to see what kind of vehicle they're driving and how it controls in those particular situations? I'm guessing very few. And I say that because I was following a majority of them home last night. And they have no idea how to control their vehicle. They're in it, pointing the steering wheel a certain direction, hoping it goes there. That's about the extent of it. One other thing, really quick, and I know that this isn't to the majority of my listeners, but folks from the south, I mean the way south, south of Arizona, They like to drive with their hazards on anytime there's any kind of a problem. Even in construction. In Mexico, if there's construction, they'll turn on the hazards. If there's a pothole, they'll turn on the hazards. Now, here in the United States of America, for those of you listening that maybe have have immigrated here, immigrated here, we don't do that here. We only use hazards if you are, in fact, a hazard. You're on the side of the road, or it's snowing so hard nobody can see each other. Yes, then it's okay to slow down, turn your hazards on. That is one area, by the way, that I am not a fan of pulling over and stopping. You become a bigger hazard if you're pulled over and stopped than if you keep moving with traffic. If it's that bad, you need to find an exit and get off the road. But do not stop on the road, ever. And yet I see that happen, folks, far more often than it should. And I don't know if it's just people that aren't educated, they're not savvy, they don't understand what's going on. I don't know. I don't get it. But you you do not stop, especially on a freeway. You do not stop on a freeway ever. 
If it's that bad, find an exit and get off. And here in town, we have enough exits that if you're not comfortable being on the highway in a snowstorm, get off. Go take a side road. And growing up in this area, and Charlie will agree, you don't have to get on the highways to go north, south, east, or west in this town. There are a gazillion side roads that will get you from A to B, even major side roads. You know, I mean, I'm talking Santa Fe, Wadsworth, those types of side roads that can get you from A to B and not be on a highway. So if you're that afraid of driving and you're struggling to go from A to B on the freeway, don't. Go take one of those side roads. And this, this uh, conversation is not for most of my listeners because that's not you guys that are listening. But you probably work with or know people that this applies to. I would suggest that in a very nice, kind way, you say the exact same thing. If you're that afraid and you have the phobia I was just talking about a moment ago, drive the side roads. Now, I also will tell you this. There are times where I avoid the highway on purpose. As if there's something snarled up and there's a problem, you're not going anywhere. So there will be times where I purposely avoid the highway knowing that I can always take a side road to get where I need to go. And I've done that more than once, and a lot of you listening have done the same thing. So side roads aren't bad. They're just slower than the freeway, typically, not always. So, slow down. I think I explained myself well enough on the slow down part, and I've got more to cover on that. I'll try to do my best to get through a few more of these. But again, folks, biggest thing here is making sure, I was thinking about this last night on the way home. People that have the right equipment for the job tend to get from A to B in much better shape than those that don't. I'm going to explain what I mean by the right equipment here in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses. Will look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. 
we welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. Have an older furnace system? Noticing high energy bills, more breakdowns, are some rooms colder than you'd like? Upgrade to a modern high-efficiency furnace and you can reduce your heating usage by 20 to 40%. Less money spent heating your home and more money to spend doing the things that you enjoy most. Mention this ad and receive $250 off your upgrade to a high-efficiency furnace system. Call 720-442-8842 or visit driveradio.com today. That's 720-442-8842 or go to drive-radio.com for absolute electrical heating and air. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. Leaves are falling, squirrels are burying their nuts, and pumpkin spice is everywhere. Winter is coming, and you need the assurance that your family has a reliable roof over their heads. Hi, this is Madison Hart. And Elizabeth Hart. Don't want to replace your roof yet? We know just the guy. Call our dad, Dave Hart, owner of Roof Savers Colorado, and he may be able to save you thousands by adding five years of life to your existing roof with a RoofMax treatment. With a dry roof and a temperature of at least 38 degrees, he can still spray the treatment. And it gets better. Because RoofMax is a 100% plant-based product, you can keep your family, pets, and even a squirrel safe. Our dad has helped 95% of his clients avoid a costly replacement. But if your roof needs a replacement, he can do that too. He's just that cool. Need the peace of mind that your roof will hold up through a Colorado winter? Call our dad at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. Or go to RoofSaversColorado.com and he will assess your roof to see if it qualifies for the treatment. In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local family-owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity. Their geothermal heating has proven to be a gardener's dream even in our cold Colorado winters. They can provide a custom consultation that includes an evaluation of your site and then provide recommendations and a custom plan for all your growing needs. Call Colorado Greenhouse Builders at 720-539-9806 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's ready-radio.com. All right, Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us. I do appreciate it very much. Talking about winter driving tips. One more tip, on, uh, especially in regards to driving at night. But this could be during the daytime as well. Of course, eyewear is huge. Having the right eyewear to see properly. That's where Alan Stack at Stock Op- Stack Optical comes into play as well. He's even got the ability to help you out when it comes to night driving, depending upon what your vision is and what kind of issues you may have. He's got fixes for that as well. And I will tell you that being able to see properly makes a huge difference when driving in the snow, especially when the snow is coming at you sideways and it's sort of blinding in a way. Now, also, I can tell you as a car guy that vehicle and its lighting has a lot to do with how well you see as well. And 
There's a misconception to that. Most people think, oh, I need more light. No, actually, you don't. You actually need light under the snow, not more light at the snow. In other words, turning on your brights actually makes it worse. Having a good set of driving slash fog lamps that are cutting under the snow so you can actually see the roadway and not the snow in front of you, that's the whole idea. And the, and the key to fog lamps is getting them as low as you possibly can to the road because that way there's less glare coming back at you. That's the problem with most headlamps is they're shining right at the snow and you have it coming right back at you. In some cases, depending upon how bad the snow is, you may find yourself better off with just your park lights on with no headlamps. Now, you have to be really careful doing that to make sure that everybody else around you can see you. But in some cases, depending upon how bad the snow is, you might actually see better with the headlights off and just your park park lights, running lights on. But eyewear makes a huge, huge difference, and that's where Alan Stack at Stack Optical comes into play as well. All right, so I talked a moment ago about the equipment. The equipment's a big deal, by the way. Having proper equipment makes a huge difference in the snow. Let me explain. The heavier the vehicle, the more aggressive the tire, the easier it is to get around in the snow. Now, when I mean aggressive tire, I mean not your typical all-season, but I mean more of a snow-mud-type tire. They actually do better in the snow than the quote-unquote all-seasons do. The heavier vehicle, of course, is putting more weight down, and that's what enables it to get more traction. A lot of the lighter SUVs, even though they're all-wheel drive, and that's great, all-wheel drive is fine, but if it's a really light vehicle, all-wheel drive may be, may be what you need just to go from A to B and not do much of anything else. And again, that's going to come back down to the tires. I will say that's the one advantage that the EVs have. You can take an EV and put a really good set of winter tires on it, and even with just front-wheel drive, pretty much get wherever you want to because of the added weight that an EV has, electric vehicle, versus a regular ICE vehicle, so an internal combustion engine vehicle, gas or diesel. Now, typically diesels are heavier, and they do better as well as to what I just said a moment ago. But having the right equipment makes a huge difference. Now, with that being said, not everybody can have more than one vehicle. In some cases, you're stuck with one vehicle. You have to get the you know you have to do the best you can and get from A to B in one particular vehicle. You don't have the ability to have a summer vehicle versus a winter vehicle, or even a summer vehicle, a spring vehicle, a win, you know, fall. You know, some of the folks I know on drive radio they might have five or six vehicles. That's not most people. Most have one, maybe two vehicles in the family, and they're relying on those to get from A to B. Now, I also know that here in Colorado, we don't get what we had last night every day of the year. So do you need to buy a vehicle just to go drive around in the snow that we had last night? No, you don't. Is it nice to have the right equipment, though? And and what I mean by that is if you live in an area where you get more of what we had last night on a routine basis, you should probably think about having something that's more suited in the winter months for you and where you live. People that live on the west side of town, for example, live in the foothills. You should probably have something that you're driving that's a little different than what everybody else living in the city has. Most do, but we have a lot of transplants, folks, that have moved into our area that I'm not sure know what a full winter in Colorado is even like yet. And every one of our winters in Colorado, for you that may be just listening for the first time and maybe you're new to Colorado, they're never the same, folks. Don't let anybody here tell you that. 
they are never the same. Some winters can be fairly mild. Don't get a lot of snow. Not a big deal. Others can be brutal. We've had winters where it started snowing at Christmas and it snowed a foot of snow every weekend thereafter for several weeks. We've had other winters where it barely snows at all. On average, Denver gets about 55 55 to 60 inches of snow a year. I should say 48 to 60, depending upon the year. So we do get snow. It typically, as you can look outside and see, you know, goes away fairly quickly. We're going to have a weekend here where we're going to be in the 50s, and even the snow we just got will be diminished by Thanksgiving. There may be a few little white patches here and there, but by the time Thanksgiving rolls around, if we keep our temperatures up, this will all go away rather quickly. That's the one advantage we have in, in the Denver area versus a lot of other areas around the country. Buffalo, Charlie, they get 60 inches back there. It's there all winter. That stuff ain't leaving. They're going to be dealing with snow from this point forward all the way through the rest of the winter. It's just where they're located. We're lucky. We we get rid of our snow fairly quickly. But back to the right equipment, and a lot of you would say, well, John, what is that? What vehicle is that? These are questions that if you have a specific question in mind, text me or email me, and I'll walk you through it because it's too hard to be generic with what vehicle do you own. There's too many makes, models, and too many of you that have too many different things going on to just say, go buy this. We have too many choices now. At one time, it would be pretty easy to say, yep, here's here's your choices. you got three or four choices. Go buy one of these, and you're in good shape. Now we have 40 or more choices, not four. And I'm not exaggerating in what I just said. We have that many choices. I will say this. No matter what... The vehicle is that you have all-wheel drive, four-wheel drive, front-wheel drive. If you don't have good tires that are meant for the conditions that you're in, I don't care what you have. You're not getting from A to B. I, I could take one of those old station wagons I opened up and started talking about when we first came on air today. You could take an old station wagon with studded snows on it, and I can go anywhere I want to compared to even some all-wheel drives with bald tires. Or even tires that are half gone. A lot of vehicles, when they come from the factory, so a brand new vehicle, even though the factory will say these are all seasons, if you look at the tread pattern on that vehicle, they're not really a true all season. They're kind of what I would call a quasi all season. They're more of a highway tire. How they get the all season designation, I don't know. I'm not in that world. I don't know how the tire companies do that. I can tell you this, when you look at a tire physically, and those tires that work the best on snow and ice are not always, but typically they're the tires that have a lot of little grooves, we call them sipes, around the side, even sometimes down you know, the, edge of, you know, the edge of the tire, even, even towards the center to some extent. Those particular tires are softer in compound, and they're able to grip. I tried to explain this to somebody the other day. It's like a reptile. So a lot of you guys have been places. We don't have them here in Colorado, but you go someplace where there's a lizard. Arizona, Florida, places like that. Lizards can literally, even on drywall, they can climb upside a drywall. They got these like these little suction cuppy things on the bottom of their feet, and they can literally, like a spider, they can climb up anything. Spider is another example. And if you were to take a magnifying glass or a microscope and you look at those particular you know, either insects or reptiles, and you look at their feet, you will find they've got a gazillion little grippers on them. Gives them the ability to grip tightly onto the surface they're 
walking up. Tires are exactly the same principle. The softer the compound, the more ability that tire has to spread out and grab the snow, ice, whatever it is that's underneath it, the more traction you have. I know I'm being very simplistic, and some of the tire guys probably hate my description here, but I'm trying to be as simplistic as I can. The softer the compound, and the more slits there are in the tire, and the more movement that tire has to be able to grab that surface, the better that tire performs in snow and ice, especially ice. Water, ice, any of that. Now, here's the downside to that tire. They don't wear very well because the, the compound is softer. So when you're back on dry pavement, they're going to wear out a lot faster than what a regular normal tire, regular all-season would. A winter tire with a softer compound is going to wear out faster. That's why on Drive Radio, we always recommend if you're going to run that tire in the winter months, go find a second set of wheels for your car and don't have them on there any longer than you have to in the winter months. You, know, you put them on second week of November or so, first week of November, and you're going to run them till about the first week of March and call it good. Maybe the second week of March. You kind of, kind of watch the weather, and typically on Drive Radio, we kind of tell you when to put them on, when to take them off. But that's the downside to a soft compound winter tire is they're going to wear much faster. But, there's always a but, the, the traction you gain in that tire in conditions like we had last night especially are second to none. Now, there are things you can even do to a regular vehicle to gain more traction. One of those is weight. Like I said earlier, a lot of these SUVs, cars especially, but a lot of these SUVs, even smaller SUVs, they're light, folks. Really light. And they don't weigh what that old station wagon did. They're probably 1,000 pounds less than the old station wagon we were talking about earlier. So, here's what you can do. Most of you have the room to do this because you're you know, typically not carrying a lot of extra stuff around with you. Now, I would recommend you double bag this because there's reasons for this, but... You can go buy bags of salt or, you know, ice melt, they call it. And typically you can get them from a 25 to a 50-pound bag to make it ease to, you know, easier to move things around. 25-pound bags are fine. You would be surprised what an extra 100 pounds over the wheels of your vehicle, what that will do, especially in the rear. An all-wheel drive vehicle, putting that in the back makes a huge difference. The reason why I say double bag it is because we don't want that leaking out and contaminating our interior. But the reason why I like using ice melt versus sand is let's say you get stuck. And let's say you need to get out. The ice melt will give you as much traction as the sand will because it will also melt the snow. And you don't have to get fancy with the product. Don't, don't overspend. But, you know, you can spend 15, 20 bucks a bag, get two or three bags, and off you go. And you will be surprised at what even 50 pounds in the back of a vehicle does. Way to, you know, put it right over the top of the wheels. You know, in other words, if you've got a, a rear hatch or, you know, a rear opening on your SUV, slide that forward, keep it over the wheels. And if need be, put, you know, they make little bars that you can put in there to where things don't slide around. But you get my drift. You know, put that in. And again, I would put it inside of another trash bag so that it's double bag so you don't have any issues. Or if you've got a big one of those big Tupperware, you know, container things, you could put, you know, you could put it in that, but you want to get it even, evenly distributed. You want one on one side of the vehicle, one on the other, or a couple on each. But that added weight 
helps a ton when it comes to getting around and getting that extra traction. You've already got weight in the front because that's where the engine is. But think about what's in the back, especially when you're all by yourself driving. Nothing. Sheet metal. That's really all that's in the back of a vehicle. There's not much weight there. So adding weight will help you with more traction. Now, one thing this time of the year especially, keep your fuel tank full. I know that gets a little bit you know, uh, costly sometimes, but it really isn't because you're using the same amount of fuel no matter how far you drive. It's all the same. It all comes out in the wash. But before you have any kind of a snowstorm like we just had, fill up. The last thing you want is to be stuck someplace and have an empty tank. Having a full tank, we go back to that whole fear thing we talked about earlier. Having a full tank takes away some of that fear that you might have otherwise. Lastly, windshield wipers and windshield washer fluid. I'm not going to get to my entire list, but these are just the basics. And I can't tell you how many vehicles I watched last night struggling to see because they either A, didn't have good wipers, B, didn't have good washer fluid, or C, both. And what I mean by good washer fluid is they make a really good product. Rain-X, some of the other companies out there do. Napa sells it. A lot, of the, a lot of the big box stores sell it. Typically, it's a purple color, not the blue. The blue stuff is the cheapest stuff you can buy. If you're getting that at a gas station, don't bother. It's honestly, it's good for the summertime, but I wouldn't use it in the winter. It's junk. You want something that takes less to put on, cleans faster, and has a little de-icing agent to it, if at all possible. That's the better product that I just explained. Rain-X and some of the other products out there. Again, typically it's going to be purple. It's got a different smell to it. Why? Because it's got more product in it that's actually doing the job you need in that particular circumstance. And then, of course, as I said, wipers are a big deal. And if you need, if you need help with any of that, feel free to email me. I can walk you through all those things. But I hope some of these tips have helped some of you. And if not, send it to somebody that you might think it does. <clears throat> you might think it might help. Go to ready-radio.com. You can actually take the show recording. We have those up typically right after the show. Producer Ann gets them up either right after or that evening of. And you can send this on to somebody that might need it. Again, we're not going to be here for Drive Radio tomorrow, so I want to slide some of these things in today as much as I could. So uh, for all of you that 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 are listening, have a great Thanksgiving if you don't listen to us during the week. And uh, we will see you here in a couple of weeks because we're not going to be here next week for Thanksgiving. We'll have that weekend off. We're going to have Rush to Reason next, so don't go anywhere. This is Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Views and opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.